This is Sarah with an exciting announcement. We have just launched the SideWoo Collective, a new inclusive community of artists, metaphysical practitioners, and the Woo Curious. The SideWoo Collective is, for now, an online community focused on art, the metaphysical, and general wellness. Essentially all the things you love about the podcast, but in real life. Our first offering is a three-week online course with classes every Sunday at 6 p.m. between February 12th and the 26th. Classes include sigil making with artist and educator Rachel Dawson, Intuition 101 with tarot reader and Scottish witch Amelia Whitehouse of the Carnelian Keep, and Drawing Your Shadow with Yours Truly. You can go to our new website, thesidewoo.com, to sign up, get on our mailing list, or reach out with any questions. This will be a great way to engage with one another and get a better understanding of who this community is. I'm really excited to share it with you and hope to see you there. Hi, this is Sarah Tebow. And this is Liz Bernstein, and we are the hosts of the Side Woo Podcast. This is a space to investigate what makes a creative life possible, from the mundane to the sublime, the physical to the metaphysical. Welcome to the Side Woo. Hello, Sidewooers, and welcome to the latest episode of The Sidewoo. This is Sarah. I am so excited about this week's episode. Similar to Erica's interview, our interview with Amelia this week is a long time coming. I've been waiting with great anticipation for about a year since I first started the podcast to interview Amelia, who is a tarot reader. We met first in 2019 when she basically psychically predicted that I was going to end up in Mexico in 2020 at an artist residency. Um, And, you know, since then we've been in touch. I've done readings with her, but then I've also taken both her major arcana and her minor arcana tarot classes. So I highly recommend those if you're looking to get to know a little bit more about the cards and do your own readings. It's been really fun. Um, But yeah, Amelia is a tarot reader. She's a witch. She's a psychic and just all around great person. And I really enjoyed our conversation. So I look forward to sharing that. One other thing, I just want to note that as of November 11th, which is also my birthday, we had our year anniversary of the side woo, which is kind of insane, both because of how much work it takes to produce a podcast episode, but also just because it has evolved so much. Having Liz join the show has been amazing. And I feel like I've learned so much about myself just doing the show as well as about Liz and about how to be a better person. So I just want to thank everyone for supporting us and listening and sharing our podcast So if you do, you know, continue to want to share, we always love a good five-star review with a little, you know, positive thing in there. You can write an affirmation, whatever. And we will be adding some options for monetization in 2023. I'm not totally sure what it's going to look like, but my guess is there will be subscriptions involved and maybe bonus content. So keep your eye out for that, and I will just leave it at that. I wish you all a happy December, and on with the show.
Hello, good morning. Amelia, hello, welcome to the side moo. Hi, it's good to be here. Um, (laughs) Do you have a new nose ring? Yeah. Oh, cool. Because I was like, yeah, even as of your reading this week, right? Uh, No. (laughs) Oh, you had it in the reading? Yeah, I've had it for about two months. There's no escaping my official queer club membership now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. I don't know why I didn't see it before. Same day as I went green. Oh, cool. Uh, What what personal things sort of catalyzed the nose ring and the hair change in one in one day? Identity crisis every time. Mm. Yeah, always. Always. I'm just constantly transforming. Yeah. In everything I do, and so my aesthetic has to change with it, or it doesn't sit. Yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because. I feel like you're constantly changing your hair in dramatic yeah. ways. And I'm jealous because I don't know if, do you do it yourself? God, no. It's so expensive. It's so expensive. <laughs> but it's interesting. So I've always changed my hair a lot, always done it myself. Okay. I've had to not, but I can, uh, basically I've never been this visible in my life. Yeah. And now most of my career involves being in front of people. This year, it's going to be being in front of a lot more people. <laughs> right. So it has to be, it has to be right. And if I get it wrong, it is now recorded for all time. Yeah. Whereas before I could have worn a hat and been fine. Well, Liz and I were talking about that because I was going to maybe do my hair platinum and I've been oh. dyeing my hair since I was like 12 or whatever, you know, and I'm like, I can do it. I'm an artist. I'm smart. But then we were like, you know, if you do fuck up, there's a certain level where at a certain age or professional level. Right. It just isn't a good look to have the like dark spot on the back of your head or Yeah, the way I look at it. So I take the professionalism out of it because of the field I'm in and you sure. you get what you get. But the I think it boils down to whether or not you'd look good bold and I wouldn't. I think you could rock it though. So if it did go wrong and burn all your hair away, it's okay. You could look very chic. I would not look good bald for various reasons I will not disclose but yeah like it's it's not gonna be a good vibe for me so yeah (laughs) yeah that would be my gamble I have done my hair so wrong and so dirty so many times and have really and while I'm doing it while like the third box of bleach is on my head and it's 3 a.m and I'm like you know who thought and then I have my like backup box of color oops like sitting there and with yeah that's the key color oops you have to be you have to be in the shower for like six hours yeah with color oops like standing (laughs) if your lose hot water it doesn't fucking matter you just stay under that bitch until she stops slapping anyway the point is is I like a full commit to whether things are going to go north or south and I even To that end, and I think this is like when you get emotionally attached to things that objectively, you know, did not turn out well. I have some of the worst tattoos I've ever seen in my life and some of the best ones I've ever seen in my life. But I have a classical Celtic tramp stamp. Oh, wow. And am I a Jew from New York? Yes, I am. (laughs) Did I get that in the 90s? Yes, I did. I have this flower on my left leg that looks like it's melting like a topping from pizza <laughs> that's kind of like been overly flambéed perfect <laughs> and it's melting anyway the point is is i i love them 
And I, I have amazing tattoos too, which I have talked about a bunch, which are just like aspirational and perfect and glorious. Just show her because of your shirt oh, too. Right. Because I'm wearing my, I'm wearing my queen shirt and I have my Freddie Mercury Whoa. tattoo. And that is, yeah. That's next level to get a face looking that way twice. Yeah. yeah. I Well, I've dedicated a large portion of my life to worshiping Freddie, but he would be yeah, really but- upset. I feel like with the word worship. Anyway, the point <laughs> is I like, I like when things turn out a little badly. Yeah, yeah, it's what sign are you, Elizabeth? Remind me. <laughs> yeah, Libras. I'm a, I'm oh, a Libra. Okay. <laughs> what sign are you? Libra, but with but with Sarah rising. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Scorp- we got the Scorpio and then the Libra. And I've got a Libra stellium. Yes, of course. So, and a Scorpio stellium. So it's like constant yeah. budding up of emotions. And <laughs> anyway. Well, cool. I mean, so I met Amelia. She was the light in the pandemic. I took tarot lessons from her, how to read tarot, and then also tarot readings. I met her at a witchy bookshop in Edinburgh, (laughs) Scotland, where she lives and is right now. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. What is it like to live there? Because it's such a beautiful ghosty city, but like, I can't even imagine what a daily life would be like there. Um. So I've lived in a lot of places that are historical landmark places. Uh, Mm. Obviously, lots of people visit Britain and the UK and that's normal. But I've lived in a lot of the places where we get coach loads of people come and look at the buildings and all that. So I've always been working in it. If I've not been reading cards, I've been in catering and retail. It's a very Uh, different experience of it. But I am obsessed with churches uh, as Mm. uh, art houses, as architecture structure and graveyards and nothing beats them so to me having that kind of graveyard on my doorstep is perfect I spent I would say six years working in admin and every day having a lunch break in a in a graveyard that would make your jaw drop it's all pre-Victorian that is the most bananas part about that city like literally a house with a bedroom is here and then there's a gravestone right yeah. next to the wall and you're like well where's the body <laughs> yeah like yeah. it's under the house or what's going on <laughs> well edinburgh's chock full of bodies so very specifically if graveyards were haunted we'd never get any work done if they were actually active spaces we'd never get any work done uh the whole of what we call the meadows or the the main park in the center it's this beautiful green space it's just all bodies it's a plague grave and then there's one the one under the castle used to be a moat that they filled with bodies after another disaster so it's just yeah (laughs) you think that is the nature of humanity especially as our populations increase like we have bodies and everyone will wind up in the same way and hopefully yeah. with dignity at the end of it's like, you know. But not in a like mass grave in a moat <laughs> that you cover over, hopefully. No, no, not in a mass grave. I was trying to allude to that with the choosing however one feels your best like interior light is represented by how your body um, it, it is is sort of broken on to the next whatever, trying to be flowery. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, what do you do with the body after you die? And yeah, there's just a lot of bodies. This has come up before where we're like, why isn't it like wall to wall ghosts, basically? Sort of like the subway system, you know, where you're just like shoulder to shoulder with the dead all the time. Yeah, but I think that's, 
I think that's part of it. So, you know, it depends on what you make a ghost from. Because <laughs> I don't think it's it's flesh prisons. I don't think, personally, I just don't think that a big piece of meat has much to offer. I do think it's about the energy of a space. And if you have enough people coming to a space going, oh, I'm going to see a ghost, you mm. will see something because it's the energy of all those people with expectation. It's part of the reason I love churches. Um, this is not me being evangelist about any of this. This is just an, a point of interest. I went to one recently and you can feel the people that have prayed there and they could be ghosts if you wanted them to be, but they're more like um, energy patches left behind from extreme thought. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Kind of concentrated thought bubbles. Yeah. But you've seen a ghost, like one of your earlier I'm a psychic person experiences was seeing a ghost, right? When you were younger. Yeah, but I'm not clairsent. I'm not uh, clairvoyant. I don't often see. If I see, it's in dreams. Oh, okay. Mm. There have been lots of clairaudience. I get a lot of clairsentience. I have seen things, but now I wouldn't call them ghosts because of things I've seen since. Mm. I would say very recently I saw, it's more, when they say it's a sixth sense, it really is. So very recently I had an encounter with something and I just thought it was another person. The shop was really busy and there was no person there. And that's quite an interesting, you know, I read in a shop in a public space. That's next level. It is. And I spend a lot of time, I spend a lot of time holding a bubble and holding a space. But part of the reason I took the break is because my bubble was starting to um, not go away. <laughs> when I left the space, I was too, I was having to really hold it because I was attracting a lot of things. I was going to say, I think they are constantly around you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. But having to hold it a lot is hardcore. Yeah. And we are at grave height in that shop. So if you were to go through the wall, it's just into graves at Greyfriars, you know. Um, it's a beautiful area, but yeah. Like yeah, I mean, it's called Old Town for a reason, right? There's been a candle maker there since there was a road there. Because <laughs> it's called Candle Maker Row. Yeah. Oh, I love the UK. <laughs> so like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean Scottish old versus American exactly. old. Like this this is like everybody recalibrate what old means. Yeah. Totally. Someone said something to me the other day. A friend from friend of mine from California said that Americans think a hundred years is a long time and British people think a hundred miles is a long way. And I feel like that's perfect. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that is true. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Our yeah. country's in a snapshot. That is actually super real though. There's so many things I want to Maybe you could just talk about like what your spiritual life looks like now and how maybe it's evolved as you've gotten into professional tarot reading and are you a practicing witch? I know that you do things around witchcraft, but I guess, do you consider yourself a witch? I do. I definitely do. What does that mean to you? I've always considered, well, for a very long time, probably since I was about six, I've thought okay there's there's something there but it was in my it was in my family it was talked about in my family quite openly everybody was into astrology mm -hmm. oh, it's wow. it's just not a thing so there's two lines of people that where it's just a part of their normality which is why often when I'm teaching about it I teach it in a very down-to-earth way that annoys a lot of people it really mm -hmm. does they want it to be that they are the 15th high priestess of the grand order of their nan and actually you just made a tea and it works. <laughs> I think that's why your 
brand of practicing really resonates with me is it's like very grounded and salty and yeah I try it doesn't exclude anyone this is my hope and I've seen a recent wave of people that do this incredible thing of I'm not like other readers I'm real down to earth and I look at them and I'm like you're missing the respect aspect so it's that's changed my practice slightly in that now I'm more altar based than I used to be I used to be very much whatever you carry with you whatever's on your person and now I find it very helpful to have an altar. It's kind mm. of hiding there um, as a as a center, if you like, of something that can expand. And that's partly because mm. I noticed myself getting so salty that I was hating people, mm. which can happen. Mm. It's so easy. It's so easy to fall into it. You're already othered by being witchy. You're othered by being a bit queer and weird. And then on top of that, I'm fat, heaven forbid. And on top of that, I do this professionally and people hate that. So I was getting to the point where it was bitterness and to counteract some of that, removing the witchcraft from being entirely body-based was really useful. It stopped me being on high defense mode all the time energetically and made it that there's something that's doing that for me in the background. In terms of this, um, you don't need to be woo to like witchcraft. You fucking do, mate. You do. There has to be an element of woo. I know I'm talking to the side woo podcast, but like there has to be woo. I'm frozen. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> You're frozen. I'm back. I was like, my internet is being fucked with right now. So sorry. Well, your your voice sort of came out of the void and then now, now you're back. Okay, go I on. I don't know what I was saying, but hello. <laughs> you were saying like um, about moving from body-based witchcraft to altar-based witchcraft. And I'm curious yeah. if you could explain that a little bit more. I used to just, you would shake me and I'd rattle. It would be all crystals, all pouches. Oh, on yourself. All stuff on my person. Yeah. yeah, very literally. The colors I wore and makeup, you can enchant makeup and things. I do it with perfume now. I'll draw sigils on with perfume oils and stuff sometimes if I'm doing something. But more often than not, I fucking forget. I also have been looking at some really interesting stuff at the moment that is a little bit on the demon side. And so I have to be careful what I'm wearing because these are symbols recognizable now to other people that maybe wouldn't have been about 10 mm. years ago <laughs> that I wear. And I'm like, oh dear, I forgot people know. What does that mean, the demon side? Like I've, I'm not even familiar with the concept of demon outside of- movies. I don't know yet. I am mid research, but I found it very useful. I've been doing a lot of research on, or I've been gathering the books, if you like, and skimming so far. But I'm going to do a project on it. I've been looking at Baphomet specifically. Absolutely fascinating. Worth your time as an entity, mm. as a as mm. an idea, but not as a deity. I don't do deity worships. I've been moving more into having, I'm. how do I put it? I've been trying to keep deities as a nice direction for the magic that I'm working and I don't see Satan as a bad thing as a symbol. I do see Satan as a bad thing, as a, like an anti-Christian mm. deity. And so when you think about like different archetypes throughout pagan mm. history, how do they manifest in maybe more everyday life? Are they used to you? Are they morality tales? Mm. Or like, well, how do you kind of engage with them? Yeah, the other side of me or one of the other sides of me is that lovely Taurus moon. And that means that I read a lot about these things. I have to research it, right? I keep it grounded in reality. So I know roughly, and I don't know everything, but I know roughly 
how much of it is how much of those stories are a really kind of bored lady in the 30s and how much of it is stuff that is worth our time my main interest is in the area of lived experience it's in what people tell me and it's in the threads how many people tell me the same stories and don't Mm. know each other that's the bit that I'm interested in things cryptids that are not the classic American cryptid of a of a, a white walker or something strange it's like I've seen this man and then you'll get three people right. that I talked to in two weeks going oh I've seen this man and that's gorgeous to me and again most of it to me is energy forms most of it is energy forms in some way or another manifested energy of yeah definitely and I think I have I'm from a so I have a shamanic background cool. in sort of early 20s where I did quite a bit of training and sort of was going up to that and I I sort of came to my own conclusions about it that meant that it wasn't what I pursued but I recommend it if people are interested in looking down that road the main thing I took and most of my spiritual practice is take what you need and leave the rest right do it respectfully but one thing they said was you'll never be presented with more than you can handle which I love from a practitioner perspective I love that even when you feel like you're looking at something really extreme that's what you're at that's where you are perfect and they also talk about this idea of remembering things that you've always known which I really like Mm. this uh yes this sort of none of it's new like a like tapping into a power that you came in with that you had to evolve it into or a collective memory there's a chance you're remembering mm. something we could all do at some point. And I, I like that. Mm. Well, and how do you feel? Because like the more people I talk to in this field, the more I'm really um, passionate about everyone can be a medium, mm. have some kind of psychic connection, yeah. learn to read tarot, be an artist. You know, as artists, I think we get put on a pedestal in a similar way that, you know, tarot readers are. Or fetishized. I think both fetishizing something while degrading it is this very subtle art that modern society is really master yeah Yeah, I I do think we have about two years before this is complete dog shit to people before it's utterly passe and we become the new crystal aunt that turns up with a bottle of prosecco at your mum's breakup oh that's interesting yeah I was kind of wondering about that too actually Mm. but I guess just back to what you were saying this idea that we all can do it and so turning the I'm a special other that you, (laughs) you don't know how to do this into let me teach you how to do it, which I think you're doing. And let me engage with you on an even level so we can do it together and continue to grow the number of people that are able to use their sixth sense or tap into like the collective unconscious or whatever it is. And then maybe to your point that this Mm -hmm. is definitely goopified and trendy right now, it becomes more about serving a purpose and being normalized rather than it being like, oh, I'm on trend right now, you know, and like, let me just follow the trend, which I do feel like it's a trend because people are starting to awaken to it, but also how do we sustain it beyond that, you know? Um, Yeah. Well, people, you you know, people on their people on their people awaken to it in the seventies as well. And there's astrological reasons that it's turning up again and that makes sense Mm. and that's cute. But I don't think okay yeah no one's that special I wouldn't be teaching it if you couldn't learn it 
what I can't teach is intuition as it exists within you already, because that's like trying to teach you how your cells work and then telling them how to do that and then them learning. It's not the same thing. I think from a trend perspective, that's interesting that you word it like that. I do think that as soon as something gains strength, like a subculture, as soon as it gains strength, a, a larger force, like a media force or like a like a fashion force, if you like, then amalgamate it into something gross and totally then, you know, glams onto it. Yeah, yeah. And then make it awful. And then the youth are like, ew. But you know, they tried selling sage at Sephora as part of a, a part of a crystal kit for two years before someone said, uh, oh, that's embarrassing. Don't. So, you know, it's it well, I have a story about I mean, that, but go ahead. I do think it does lead up. I mean, and I don't think I'm arguing with either of you, but it, you have the subculture. So like, you know, you have Drag Race, yeah. RuPaul, and then it becomes something that's so heavily commodified mm-hmm. and, you know, popping up in every mall in town. You can buy something that commemorates Drag Race. Right, like a mug. Versus it being yeah. an underground identity. A mug. Yeah, at Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, But it it does move the culture. It Obviously, it does even when it gets absorbed by, mm. you know, the mall and repackaged and resold, it does still do its authentic good work. One quick anecdote on this trend and then we can move on. But so I was working for a Sephora company in the corporate headquarters. And I think I can say this now because it's well passed, but basically in 2017, I was working there and they were doing forecasting for trends and they were talking about, well, we need to really push our astrology mm-hmm. because people are wanting that more. And they were like forecasting that astrology was going to be on trend and continue to be on trend for the next couple of years. Yeah. And I just found that to be so wild. Like it really was the beginning of Trump in America yeah. and maybe the beginning of some other astrological things that made us Huge. want more yeah. spirituality. But I just was like, even these cool forecasters were spotting it from years away. Sephora has um, astrologers above those people. So it makes sense that there would be, oh, I guess it's going to be this theme now. Yeah, it's, I want to say as well, it pushes it, but it makes it harder to be, makes it easier to be a reader because people know their chart and fuck me, does that help? Oh, that's good. Yeah, (laughs) it makes it, harder to be seen as legitimate because Mm. most of my work has been telling people that don't normally access this stuff at all that it's safe and that it's okay and that they can just talk about this stuff without burning in inferno but also because then it's five pound readings on etsy by a teenage girl that learned during lockdown that is also fine you might get something from that but it's much harder to be heard in that crowd now and yes it moves the culture on but I feel like what it does also is do what it's doing now which is attract people that you know 10 years ago they would have been telling you you can make money from doing yoga and traveling uh and now they're saying and you could have for sure no they're right they're (laughs) right and if you pay 222 pounds and 22p they can tell you how to hear colors but I don't it's a lot go on But that's also, I think, what makes eventually like the consumers of it more sophisticated because you can be able to weed out Mm. and really read based on subtle clues. Because nobody's like, 
I'm shilling. I'm, I'm, you know, just learned this yesterday, but there are clues in things and, and little subtle tells about language and cadence Mm. and sort of the depth and being able to recognize depth versus recognize something has surfaced yeah like you can feel it in your body when someone is telling you spiritual truth versus like oh for sure kind of doesn't know and I will just say as someone who can read my own cards and very much does today when I was thinking about you doing a reading my heart felt relaxed because I was like I'm going to be in capable (laughs) hands I think it just speaks to there's just a difference and you can read for yourself, mm-hmm. but then getting feedback from other people, it's never going to not be a need that people have, I think, like to get it from someone. No, that's the other side. You're dead right. That's exactly what I was going to talk to you about there when Elizabeth brought that up, that it's such an interesting point that it's more sophisticated because this stuff doesn't touch me. I've been doing it since I was really young. <laughs> so the people that come and go and the 70s came and went and the 90s came and went with all the head shops and the like the craft and the sparkly skirts and now it's come back which by the way is every 20 years on a particular planetary cycle and now it's come back <laughs> uh it will go again and people will still come and see me because I've got all the experience well yeah I've got village witch vibes right so is Ruby where like it wouldn't matter what we did I've worked in so many I've had I think I counted the other day 50 I'm now on 58 jobs and people have still been coming to me for years and going on the phone in my admin jobs hi there I'd like to speak to blow and I'm like oh they're not in I'm sorry and they go I'm gonna speak to you and they tell me everything and then they go what does that mean and I'm like no (laughs) different hat today thank you it's a vibe it's a vibe interesting you know and they didn't know that you were a tarot reader? No. They've just called a clinic, Sarah. <laughs> just called a wow. clinic that I was working at. <laughs> you bring it with you. I mean. You just have that energy. It is yeah. brought with you in the deepest sense. Can I just ask a question about using the adjective fat? Because I'm so into not demonize, speaking of demons, not demonizing that word. Because if you can't be what is then you can't live. Mm -hmm. If my body can't be what it is, I can't live in my body. I just, I really wanted to mark that because I think the concepts of otherness and then the place that body and otherness Mm. holds in our world, it it just ties in so directly. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not being more articulate. You mean to the idea of like being a witch or a tarot reader and then also like an artist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Occupying this outside realm. Right. And and it opening up a basket of skills and wisdoms, which more mainstream culture would need to be a mm-hmm. healthier version of itself, but oh, rejects yeah. over and over and over again in certain ways. You could call it querying. Yeah. You're querying mainstream culture yeah. through this rejection yes. of the imagery that we're supposed to identify yeah. with. Or I have been working very hard on all this for some time. I would say it's predominantly over the last four years, obviously the whole lifespan because you can't help it. But I've been in therapy for about 10, 11 years. And more recently, I've had a really incredible therapist, my second really amazing one, where the challenges are great, but actually a a lot of it was about the titling of fat and the titling of otherness and queerness and all that stuff has been quite a recent addition, even though it's always been there. It's the language that people use now that's so accessible 
And on the one hand, I was only talking about it today. I love that. I love that people have Alexis they can refer to to reframe their existence is really beautiful. But there's a part of me that is deeply jealous that that wasn't available to me when I was experiencing the trauma. When I was experiencing mm. all the things that made me other in a way that were disempowering. There was no there's no way to get back any of that time. I now just have to be very busy and important making other people not do that, you know? Oh my God, totally. Yeah, you're like in Lizzo's shoes, you know, <laughs> she didn't have anyone. So you you, you have to be yeah. that person. You oh, know? God. You're just like Lizzo. The one thing that I would say one of the one of the few things that actually breaks me in a reading is when I meet a baby me and I know that the person they needed was an older me. Um, and then I've managed to do it in that session. That is that. Yeah, yeah that's usually me out for the count. <laughs> You know, I, so I went to rehab for eating disorder and chemical dependency. Mm -hmm. This was 15 years ago, but this was before I went to rehab. So I really didn't have a handle on any, <laughs> on much of anything. And I worked at a children's museum and in San Francisco, and we had a karaoke booth and you, it was a green screen karaoke booth. And you could put like the skyline of Barcelona behind wow. you while you were flying with unicorn wings and singing theme songs from yeah. high school musical. And it was super fun. And then you could take your little video home on a CD. Anyway, the point is there was a family there that had a daughter who was like eight years old, maybe. And, you know, she, she had a rounder body. And so she was trying on the costumes and the parents were like, Oh honey, I don't think that one's going to fit. Like, let's try that one. Yeah. And there was this matter mm -hmm. of factness that I, I started crying. I mean, I started crying and lost my mind because it, this would yeah. have been, I can't even describe yeah. the shame cycle that would have derailed me. My parents would have been ashamed of me. I yeah. would have been ashamed of me. Everybody would have been struck mm -hmm. dumb into silence and just walked away because of the absolute abject heart of like you not fitting into the costume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually think a body count would have been better it would have been more understandable if I had just been like, oh, I just killed three people. <laughs> then like, well, let's talk about it. So yeah, when you see those things that are opportunities yeah. to heal that little person, yeah. it, it's, it, and it really hits it, not in a sort of general way, but like in the most specific way, it's really powerful. Absolutely. And unfortunately, the other side of the thing where people want to tell me everything is that people want to shout everything they think at me. So whereas wow. for many people, you can leave that behind because people don't attack you. I still yeah. get regular attacks in the street for this stuff. And that's more of what we're dealing with these days. I was going to ask you about that because I've heard you talk about that on your Instagram. And I wonder if part of it is like you're, you would like dress like really individualistically. Um, but like, do you find... Also, I mean, not saying that you're being targeted more just like you're just so confident, like this is who I am. And I think no matter who you are, that is going to bother people. Yeah. Like 
you know what I mean? Like no matter what your hang up is, like people will just be irritated by someone being confident and different. This is what I mean when I say I am deeply annoying to many groups of people. And I understand that. And it's a choice at this point. It never used to be. <laughs> but now it's a choice to wind a lot of people up. And it's only going to get worse. I'm getting gayer every day. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> We're here for your journey. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to work. You need to move to San Francisco, except for probably you're not as needed as a figure there. Um, And that's what I was going to ask, like going to Europe Mm. from San Francisco was like a wake up call. You know, you know that you're in a bubble in SF, but you don't really understand what that looks like on a day to day basis. And even as like a single woman over a certain age, I felt like the the edge of what I was facing as someone who wasn't fitting into this mainstream expectation of what a woman was supposed to do. And like, I can only imagine if you're, you know, like one faced with that every day and like trying to change the culture from within, Mm -hmm. like that's essentially what you're doing. So I don't know if you can speak to that at all. That's a big topic. It's not, (laughs) yeah, it is big. It's not my intention, but I like that it's happening if that makes sense. So one thing that I organize is called, um, leaf witchcraft market and that has been absolutely monumental in in changing the way that I am perceived in the community I think without me really meaning to I've gone from a very I've gone from a very emperor space to a very hierophant one where I spent the last two or three years and that comes with gatekeeping it does it just does Mm -hmm. and how people project that stuff onto you and how you know you have to deal with what people are seeing about you at the moment I would wager that I'm moving into a justice space but it's taking a long time to get there and what does that mean for you where there's this idea of having to balance everything balance my schedule better bring balance Mm -hmm. to other people talk about business structures with people in a different way using the cards to Mm. organize people's lives a lot more whereas I've been and also because I'm moving into more of a teaching role next year Mm. like more teaching than reading is my goal it's sort of the hierophant and the high priestess had a baby and it's justice so it's quite a nice place plus it's my birth card like it it's just my jam because Libra is justice with the scale. Yeah, and everything. exactly. Um, and it sits quite quite nicely with me. It's boring as balls, but it's fine. You know, it, it works. I was going to say, I never want to get justice. I'm always like, get out of here, you loser. You're so boring. <laughs> yeah, I know. But then you think of it as getting to decide if people pass into heaven or not. Like, lol. <laughs> you know, I like that interpretation of it. It does have power, definitely. That red dress isn't there for nothing, you know. Right. But yeah, it was like, you're so fancy, but you're, it's such a waste. Where's the party? <laughs> I know like societally speaking, what is not supposed to ask this, but right now I'm obsessed with age and milestones. Um, how old are you? <laughs> how old do you reckon? Well, how old do you reckon I am? I heard you say something about not turning 40 yet. So I was like, okay, I want to say like 37. Okay. Thanks. But like you look younger. Yeah, yeah. I'm 33. You're 33. <laughs> I'm 33 now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just going by maturity level and just how long you've been doing. It's a tough paper round, Elizabeth. You can be shocked. Like I've always looked ancient. You are fine. I, well, you. Yeah. I, I, I would have guessed younger by your face and everything. But here's the thing. Here, I mean, 
yes, I am shocked, but partially it's because you talk about your history. Exactly. There's so much history that I at least put another, you know, five <laughs> to eight years on it. But yes. also, I mean, I'm so much older than you that Are you? I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to turn 50. Wow. Okay. And yeah, I felt that. so I have a tendency to age people up because, mm. you know, I'm 49. So I'm like, oh, it's hard to keep track anymore. I mean, 33. I'm like, it's hard. It's not that it's hard to remember, but you do. I think when you're 30, you sort of people's ages in your mind orbit around yeah. you when you're 40 people's ages orbit yeah. around you you know we are the sun of our own little <laughs> yeah. world as we live them but yeah I agree like your your knowledge base is one that I was at 33 pulling my head out of my asshole to work <laughs> this reception job after having had a total adrenal mental breakdown and yeah. like so just where you're at emotionally, mentally, spiritually, career-wise, I'm like, oh, you must be closer to my age because everyone had a really fucked up 10 years in their 30s. Um, I do genuinely feel like I'm doing that, but I'm doing that in the way that means I have a Capricorn stellium. <laughs> oh, hey girl, I see yeah. you. I have a Capricorn mood. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. can we can power through. It's in the back, but it's there. And it's all the trauma. It makes you old. It makes you old. Mm. You can't help it. As in old in the mm -hmm. mind, you know, all these people that talk about children as having an old soul and all my alarm bells go off and I like take that kid to one side and go, let's have a chat because I know. Yeah, it's trying and being parentified really early. Real early, exactly. Nothing makes children seem older than being inappropriately giving the task of raising them. Or yeah. and, and themselves. Yeah. Yes. And, and anyone and else in that house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also think the Bay Area is a bastion of people look young for like, a, you know, by hook or by crook. Like, well, and also I, Scotland I, has some of the same features, like not a ton of sun, dewy, cool air. So it's very gentle on the skin. Lots of moisture in the air. But people yeah. do look like you can, we'll see somebody here and you're like, you could be 25 or 45. <laughs> and it's like very no, unclear. Yeah, that's sort of what, what the yeah. markers are. Well, okay. So I really have to pee. Can we take like a two minute break? Sure. Or you guys can talk. Yeah. I, you know, I never say that I'm 49. I feel like that's as hard for me as talking about body really? stuff. So I was just experimenting with it. Like I'm going to say it out loud. Yeah, no, I, I lost 10 years because of addiction basically. So I'm like, sort of ah, that makes think of myself sense. as it's not that I think of myself as younger. I have this thing of wisdom that I carry with me. Yeah, but it, it did change my pace a little bit. Yeah, you will also do that thing. So when people get into long term relationships, have you noticed that they stay the age that they were when they met that person? Fascinating. I feel like it happens with addiction as well. It's a type of long term relationship. So it's sort of when these people break up from a 10 year or they've been together since they were 21, they break up at 31. Going back out into the world as the 21 year old that was last dating, with all of yeah. the emotional maturing you've done, you just have to hope that you both matured at least a year. Because when you're together, wow. it's an echo chamber, right? So wow. you're just maturing back and forth forever at each other. And then you break and you're like, oh, shit, I'm oh 22 and the world has changed. Yeah. I feel like I need to Venmo you because that was so much helpful <laughs> emotional layer, labor. <laughs>
I'm like, what's your Venmo? You need $10 for that sentence. I believe in everybody should get paid immediately for what they're, what they're contributing. That was the fucking shit. That was fucking crazy. And I, I have heard a lot of very deep things in my life. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, hi, Sarah. You didn't miss anything. Yeah. You didn't miss anything. I look forward to listening yeah. to that on the edit. So, <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to bring up that, so when I was learning tarot, you know, the whole thing around the scary cards mm-hmm. in the deck, like the tower and the death card, like, oh my God, the death card doesn't mm-hmm. mean death. You know, like that's kind of the rule of thumb, well, right? But mm-hmm. um, however, so you gave me a reading in 20, 2020, yeah. 20, like November mm-hmm. for my birthday. And it was like a wheel yeah. of the year reading. And I remember April was the only month you didn't tell me what cards and you, like of all the months in the year, I felt like you couldn't yeah. get a clear read on it. And um, so then fast forward, we're in April, mm-hmm. 2021 and the week my dad died, I got the death mm-hmm. card. I did the four card, like what to know for the week, how to deal with that, what yeah. energy to hold. And I got the death card. And then, you know, when you're looking at a card, certain things jump out on it. And the red eyes Mm -hmm. on the horse, I was using the Rider Waite deck, like blinked at me, you know, in my third eye, but it was this flash of red eyes. And I was like, "Um, that's fucking scary. I've clearly been alone too much during this pandemic. And I didn't really think of anything, you know, because I'm like, well, there must be some kind of change coming. And then that was the week my dad died. And I look back at our reading for the month and the way that you talked about it and the way that I know you mm-hmm. talk about cards, I'm like, I'm pretty sure you got the death card and the emperor yeah. for my dad. And I was like, okay, so this was a circumstance where maybe the death card did mean death. And uh, like, I can, I'm glad honestly, yes. I didn't know. Um, yeah. But also I just wanted to like talk to you about that because I don't know if you felt comfortable trusting your intuition like I did do you feel like now looking back you were like having an inner tension about like what to say what not to say I can tell you why that is now yeah go for it because when I begin readings I put the intention out there with everybody that I don't read health or death so they won't come up they won't show themselves to me when you said it's like you couldn't see it it's because I just cannot see it I won't I refuse because I'm not touching that in a reading space for somebody else you can read your cards and see it and that is totally fine and I will tell you now 98% of the time that change is not death you know it's rare but it is a card that means death as in it's ruled by Pluto it's the planet of sex and death it is a Scorpio thing they live in death it is literally a skeleton but also it is a life-altering change that has already begun. So if I'd read it for you then, it would not have been a good thing to tell you, even if I could have. There would have been no benefit. No, but in all honesty, yeah. it's it's because I won't be able to, because I've told the cards I won't look at that. Yeah, I like that because you're protecting yourself, but also probably your reader's best interest. Yeah. You know, it's not in your their best interest to have that kind of feedback necessarily. This is what I mean about some gatekeeping is necessary, even if it's a boundary I set with myself. There there has to be rules in the way that I work that 
mean that that is a responsible space. And because I don't know the inner workings of the mind of everyone I read for, I read for hundreds of people a year. It only takes one to take what I've said, even when I don't do health and death, that will harm. It will harm. Yeah. And like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you deal with, well, because Liz has a story about, oh, but how do you deal with those more scary or uncomfortable readings? Like when you just know that just this person them. needs hard truth. I, I literally just read them. Uh, okay. So I have a nice soundbite for you if you want it. Yeah. Because it. I'm very proud of myself. The only way to read cards wrong is to lie. Literally, that's the only way to do it wrong. The only way to really fuck it up is to lie. If you see a thing and you don't say it, that's on you. Mm. But if you flip and lie, woe betide you. Because it, it's so obvious to the person in front of you and to you that you've done that. And even if you are an expert liar and you were hooked up to a machine and everything was fine, the card in front of them won't say that to them. Right. It won't make any sense. And like it won't resonate but, in that. It won't day, resonate, but it also day. won't feel like you've hit anything. It just sort of feels like a soft thud, like you've dropped some cushion on the floor. Where, whereas when they need to hear proper shit, you have to drop an actual anvil. It's not fun sometimes. It's not fun. And because I'm dark and because I attract darkness... Some of the readings I have in that shop, you wouldn't believe the bubble I'm holding. Some of it. It's incredible what people tell me without ever having to go near health and death. Yeah. Right. It's just experiences. It's just traumas. It's just things that people are holding and don't know they're holding. And they all fall out of them mm -hmm. because, you know, mostly people come in my corner and cry in that place. Mm -hmm. It's slightly different online, but it is a whole day of just watching people cry at me for different reasons. And you have to be able to take it or you're not doing it right in my case. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Plenty, plenty, plenty of readers. And I've taught them where they are fully, and I believe them, love and light. They are using pastel shaded cards. They're telling you all this lovely stuff is coming. And fuck me, am I jealous? Some days I would absolutely love to sit down in front of someone and be like, your angels are watching you. That's nice. <laughs> and it's never one of mine. <laughs> That's so Ever. interesting. Well, because, you know, I work a lot with this um, medium who I'm studying from, and she's the Amy Major. She's like the the medium version of you where she deals uh -huh. with the heavy spirits. And so her clients will come in and have that heaviness. And it's because she's able to hold that greater weight for her clients. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, not that other kinds of mediums aren't as good, but there's just like a different yes. frequency that you have That's to right. hold for people who... Are going through that because they're not going to respond to someone who's like let me blast some light at you like that's not going to do it if you're going through a mental crisis well, i mean know? one of the biggest sort of and there's not that many truisms in life but it it something that is a sacred truth that i hold for all people that the only way to feel centered and more grounded is to have reality reflected at you not to have reality right. be yeah. misinterpreted and sold back to you as something that it's not reality makes us feel it's like attunement to what is is everything and if you mm. do not get that then you are completely lost and and things are gaslighting you constantly yeah that's mm -hmm. a really good way of saying it's it. just that that's our and it's you know when you're in a caretaking role that's 
sometimes for some people, a hard thing to do as a teacher, Mm -hmm. as a leader, as a mother, as a, you know, is actually saying hard truths. We all, I would imagine all of us know what it's like to have that delivered by someone that delivers it with fear, where they can't handle saying the, the, the truth to you in a, in a kind way or in a way that maybe they could, the way you could hear it, they have to say it to you with the added bonus of, and if I say this phrase, I reckon both of you will will shudder. I'm saying that because it's mm. true. As an excuse for bad behavior, I'm doing this because I'm right. I'm saying this because it's true, which is the fearful version mm. of, here's this horrible thing we have to talk about. It leaves no room for you to be interested curious Mm -hmm. fascinated or even Mm -hmm. to investigate any of it which I think in a good reading and in a good relationship you should have Mm -hmm. that curiosity there should be a moment in any kind of reading where you ask well I wonder why that is I wonder how we got there Mm -hmm. I wonder what we can do rather than this is just the truth and now you can choke on it and thanks that's 30 quid right like it's I love that and I think there are definitely people that come for readings and that try and have conversations with me but in this context the reading space where they feel hopeless because they're not hearing the bit where we can be Mm -hmm. curious together. And that's something that is quite hard to manage. To go back to the question, I feel like that's the bit that's quite tricky is when people don't want to go there. They think they do, which is how you've got there because they're leading the reading really, right? But when they get there, they're just confronted with a wall of doom. And I think those are the ones that, that are a struggle But my main goal is to get them curious about how to get out of it. I see. Kind of almost in the way that therapists do this, you almost have to negotiate with them about how to see their reality in a different way or change their perspective enough so they can start to tackle some of the things that seem fixed. Yeah, exactly that. But in 10 minutes sometimes. So it's totally for five pounds. And yeah, Yeah, the only time I've seen like truth bombs dropped without softening, not cruelty. You have to have kindness when you have honesty or you just Mm -hmm. have abject cruelty. But real truth bombs is if somebody's inpatient, because then they can't run away. You have 45 days to get them to metabolize the information. But the shorter amount of time you have, like, you know, you (laughs) have a much harder you're like, I can't make this flowery for you. <laughs> I can't make it flowery, but I've got to make it real. And I've got to deliver. It's like, you know, the, the bake-off show where you just have, yeah, you have one pie of goods that has to come out perfectly. No pressure. Totally. There's, yeah. There's also this thing of, you know, shamans and hermits used to be these smelly old bastards that were like, usually fat, usually smoked, usually drank too much and would live out in a cave by choice you went to see them when you were ready to handle the truth mm. or or to get seen to if you like and then you'd leave them alone a oh, heaven dream job mm. dream job if the internet wasn't a thing that would be there <laughs> so how do you take care of yourself like how yeah. do you, what are your sort of fill the cup back up things massive massive advocate of therapy on all levels uh-huh. uh whatever therapy works for you for me for me, it's all about talking therapy and I'm doing, I'm working with someone that is psychoanalysis and person-centered mixed, which is really, is it seems to be the best combo for me. I think the altar really helps. As I say, it takes some of the pressure off 
doing it all the time. Sigils really help. I like anything a little bit lazy, something that I can just set to work that is doing it for me. Knowledge is power on every level. So I like to read a lot about what I'm doing and see what effect that's having in both realms, right? So psychologically and in a magical perspective or folkloric perspective, which is kind of the middle ground. Hmm. And I'd say movement has been a recent one. I walk, I used to walk a lot. I walked a lot in the pandemic, but I've always walked a lot with the Taurus moon and thought it was enough, but it wasn't moving me enough. I was getting too used to my roots. I n I've never really lived anywhere as long as I've lived here and uh, bored out of my mind. So I've ended up joining a gym, which is just so counterintuitive to everything about me, but it's massively helpful for releasing energy Yeah, in any way. And I know everybody already knows and it sucks and I hate that they're right, but it is really useful for moving stuff around and getting stuff out of my system. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, well, what, yeah, just, how do you feel about doing a couple of readings? Okay, hang on. Uh, I will, I've realized that one of the questions that you asked, I actually prepped for only one of them. And you haven't asked it, so I'm gonna oh. bulldoze in. What is it? <laughs> uh, favorite decks at the moment. Oh yes, please say. Yes, so I've got the Carnival at the End of the World, which is what I'm gonna read for you with um. Sarah, I think, and that is uh, Madame Lulu from her Book of Fates. Absolute nonsense, beautiful deck. Um, and the other one is the Oliver Hibbert Tarot, that's like an art deck that is that neon one that everyone loves. And I love. Oh, cool. Do you have them? Can we look at CFR? Yeah. We'll put link in show notes. Much easier to get hold of in America. There's death, because of course that was the card on the Ooh, bottom. Oh, that's oh my gosh. Neon. Well, oh, that psychedelic one. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. Sherbert situation. Yes. Gorgeous. Whereas this one is much more um, medieval, I would say. Try and find you one that makes any sense. I think, were you using this one in your reading a couple weeks ago with Ruby? Potentially, yes. There's the High Priestess. Ooh, yeah. glorious. Very different, very much like uh, Illuminated Papers. Mm. Yeah. Like so actually, that. given your response, I'll probably read for you, Sarah, with the neon one you were much more excited about. Oh, okay. So I want to know about how to approach dating right now because... I'm finally settled. I have an apartment. I have a job. So there's no excuse. <laughs> oh, that's Not okay. Dick. It's immediately been a dick. Apologies. It's been a dick on every level, but I think you'll appreciate it. I was going to say hard truths about. I mean, I can't, I don't have another setting. We know this. Okay. Wheel of Fortune, the Hermit, the High Priestess. God like damn it. <laughs> 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 are you certain it's time i don't think it's time no no i just wanted to make sure it wasn't because i was like i don't really feel like i'm supposed to go out and try no. to date but like yeah no. no okay wheel of fortune is nice because it's telling you to do the scorpio thing and research it so to like okay. look up like psychology of dating i think you'll have a really good time maybe look at some weird like date have you already done it no but i'm just laughing that like don't go date but like research dating <laughs> <laughs> no it's good for you and then that inspires you to go outside but as the hermit so you're going out almost to do field work on dating which I think is really cute wow. and then the high priestess is the bit where you're all unavailable deliberately and you are having lots of fun playing games with people in a in a good way 
Then it hits the point home again and says five of cups. No, no, no. You're supposed to be on your own at the moment. King of swords saying that the only people that will get near you are people that are really, really good wordsmiths. So don't settle for any hello, hi, or you up, right? It's a proper, oh, yeah. it's a proper engaging conversation. And the thing that was on top of all of it was death, right? Because that's yeah. your baby. I will say the thing that caught my eye in it was the flag, which makes me think that it's going to be quite a while because that was a long old war, <laughs> War of the Roses. But oh. I think it's going to be actually fun. And I think the research makes it fun. Mm. And so by research, you mean like looking into, because I've been instructed to dig into my past lives because I've got a couple of no, I don't pretty intense past life lover situation. So you don't think it's like that? No, it is literally spending far too long on YouTube watching like couples counseling and dating advice and weird stuff about like what makes people attracted to different colors like it's really quite fun in that way it's very analytical oh. mm. interesting okay I wonder I'm, if I'm it's game. because because there's no emotion here apart from uh the depression cape right the five of cups where you're looking yeah. at the negative and I actually think that some of this would help you look at it positively on the emotional scale but it would have to be led there by the intellectual stuff interesting mm. okay yeah that's totally the opposite of what I would have thought so <laughs> that's interesting I like it I'm intrigued I want to hear about it later anything else yeah um well Liz do you want like a a quick is that okay to switch gears mm -hmm. can I have the same one please yes same deck did you say uh same okay. question dating baggage I can just feel all my baggage interesting the perspective on dating needs to change a little bit I don't know how you view it now although if you're saying I can feel all my baggage I have an idea um you come out as the queen of swords which is great you've both come out as yourselves so we have one that is death and one that is Libra queen of swords oh like I was death yeah like as Scorpio yeah oh cool okay yeah so within that what you're doing is being the scientist which is one of the embodiments of Scorpio right whereas mm -hmm. For you, Liz, the the embodiment is communication, which is Libra's doodah, right? It's Libra's main jam. First card you get is the hanged man, just to say, we need to look at this differently. You're not actually stuck, but you've stuck yourself somewhere. It's to process, but it's not, you're not doing that. You're just stuck. Um, this is because we have a lot of sexual energy and nowhere to put it. And that, that checks out. <laughs> But that's manifesting as making it more of an issue because now you're questioning why you have a high sex drive and digging into it too hard. It's like uh, you're trying to unpack trauma that isn't actually trauma in that respect. That's not the bit that's trauma. You're, what's the word? You're going too macro. There's, a, there's an overarching issue that's keeping you stuck. The star is there to say, have you thought about doing more stuff naked now I know with an eight-year-old running around that's not my favorite <laughs> bit of advice I've ever given you but it is body-based as well so it's going to be a challenge it's about being outside uh and being seen not naked but if that's your jam fine um it's gone oh I was just gonna say 
there is such a culture here of nudity. It just, I mean, like how hot tubs and nudity, and it just doesn't feel very far reaching to like find things in Northern California to do without your clothes (laughs) on. Go on. Or, 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 I mean, there've been, you know, outdoor hot springs that I've gone to Mm -hmm. a billion times, but I haven't been at this age in this body. Mm -hmm. And so I have, I've had much more than probably a global cultural average of naked outdoor group (laughs) experiences but not at this age with this body. What would help, uh, and I checked it, what would help would be to start life modeling. If you could get- Oh my God, you could be my model. Ooh. If that wouldn't be too weird. We'll we'll discuss offline. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, go on. (laughs) Also, Ace of Pentacles, you'd get fucking paid for it. And it's a juicy little learner, life life modeling, not going to lie. But- it's a really good way that. to get your head around your new body as other people see it before you have a chance to be fucking horrible to it. I love that. See what I mean? We're desperately trying to be you, <sighs> right? Because it comes up right at the top, trying to be you, trying to be you in terms of dating. But Page of Cups blocks it. Page of Cups says, I'm just a little kid. I don't know what I'm doing. It could be symbolic yeah. of having a child, in all honesty. Almost like you feel like having a child, not the child specifically, but having a child or children blocks something for you about being yourself. But the other side of Mm -hmm. that is that you have to switch into child a lot more frequently than people that don't have them. And so the inner child Mm -hmm. is a lot more vulnerable. It's a lot more visible. Someone that gets to know you has to like child you as well. And that feels like too much with the hanging around, you know, with that hanged man in the beginning, it feels like too much of a, feels too trapped it feels too itchy yeah any more on that Mm-mm. that was amazing so good okay Ooh. right i better go well what were you gonna say yeah i was gonna say we can promote all your stuff because i think you've got a session coming up right now so um, i'm gonna check and see how long i've got i might have a minute or five let's see because i say if you want to do your little spiel of like what you're working on we're happy to i've got five you can you could do it if you want um what have i got 10 when's this going out ish um in like two weeks oh, cool. today. but also like how to find yeah. you on the internet what when the life market wins the next okay. one how you interact everything Sweet. anything one big breath uh <laughs> okay where do i start i have a podcast called tarot is fucking cool where i explain with one of my best friends probably my best friends how cool tarot is and why it's fucking cool we put episodes out every week and it's very sweary. Just a heads up. Uh, so sweary. So <laughs> sweary. It. So sweary that my friend that works in a garden center had to turn it off. He, I don't think he realized the situation. <laughs> the way to get me is thecarneliankeep.com. If you're looking for my website, you can book in there. If you can find an appointment, it's not a brag. I'm just overworked. My Instagram is Tarot. I also have a Patreon if you want to give money to me for lols. The market that I run, Leith Witchcraft Market, if you are Edinburgh-based or just UK and you feel like a car journey, the next one is on the 10th of December at Leith Arches. All that information is on Instagram at Leith Witchcraft Market. I think that's all my things. Cool. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you. You were on my immediate list of first people to interview when I created the podcast. So I'm so happy. that I'm so sorry it took an eternity to get to this point. 
I've been, you know, yeah. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it since I saw you started your podcast. So it's nice to finally awesome. get there. Um, <laughs> Ruby says hello and sorry they had tickets for a thing, but no worries, it will be all right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This was lovely. Good to meet you, Elizabeth. Have a lovely day. Nice to I meet guess. you. Bye. That's all for this week's episode. Thanks for side-wooing with us. We release episodes every other week on Thursday. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast for good karma points. Until we meet again in the woo.